you measure success in this world? Is it similar to God's measurements? Well, that's what we're talking about today on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to hop aboard the Bible bus as we set out for Proverbs chapter 12, starting at verse 22. So find your seat, and let's together welcome our president, Greg Harris, who's here with our final 2023 update on Through the Bible's home groups around the world. One of our favorite subjects to talk about. We have had the immense privilege of traveling both together and separately to see how God uses this model. Now, we are aware that we often have newer listeners on the Bible bus, so why don't you explain what do we mean when we say a home group? Yeah, a home group is, the thing I love about it is these things are growing in places where it's so difficult to be a Christian oftentimes, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But basically, it is a small group that meets around typically some type of a device, a a media player that has an SD card or some type of static memory where they've downloaded a portion of Through the Bible, and they're literally Bibles open, pressing play, listening to the teaching, reading what Scripture says, stopping it, and then having a discussion on on those points, taking prayer requests and things like that. Hopefully, most of you listening, if you're believers, are plugged into a solid Bible teaching church, and you're involved in some type of care group, home group, whatever you want to call it. And it's basically that, but in a very different place than where you're experiencing it. And it's that plus a dynamic that doesn't usually happen here, which is that it's highly evangelistic. Yes. Okay. And yes. One, yeah, one of the reasons is around the world, even though there's persecution, it's not as taboo to talk about religion. You yes. know, whereas it is here, people get offended immediately, whereas in, in other parts of the world... Yeah, there's an openness. There's an openness. And so uh, we were in uh, Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Remember what they told us? Yeah, that two-thirds or one-third, one-third. of the listeners yep. were actually... Was it Hindu? Uh, a lot of Hindus, yeah. a lot of Muslims. We encountered a lot of Hindus yeah. with the place we were, yeah. but it depends on where. But the the point is, these are highly evangelistic. And they're getting Bible teaching. So yes. listen to this first yeah. testimony. Here's one from a very difficult place to live, much less be a Christian, Pakistan. I first heard the genuine teaching of the scriptures from you. It was completely new instruction. I learn and make notes for later learning. It gives seed to many new harvest in my soul. That's an interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. May God bless you for this truth and your teaching. Yeah. And, and if you are a supporter of TTB, if you pray for us, if you're on the world prayer team, if you support us financially, that letter is why we need to keep expanding our reach because there are people uh, in the eight billion people in the world. There are many who want to hear the scriptures and get this completely new instruction. Yes. Incredible. Here's another one. This yeah. one's from Bangladesh. Why don't you read this? Okay. One? This is from, I believe, one of the leaders because it starts this way. This is my very first training. Yeah. I am a new believer with little knowledge of Christianity. You are teaching me many valuable lessons mm. about living as a follower of Christ. I now have a clear understanding of salvation, freedom, life after death, eternal life, who Jesus is, God's character, and many other topics. Praise the Lord. I love that. The letter finishes, I cannot wait to share it with others. Yeah, and we saw that firsthand in Bangladesh yes, where yeah. it was just blowing up. We saw that, that yeah. regional training where those leaders yeah. were together, and their biggest constraint was we need more regional people yes. to oversee these these groups. That's so right. that's something you could be praying for if you're listening and you're on the World Prayer Team. Absolutely. You want to read this final one? Yeah, this is from uh, Angakar. That's spoken in Bihar, which is eastern India. It says, I come from a non-Christian family, and I am the only believer. Your teaching on the Gospel of Luke is a great blessing to my life, and it helps me learn more about the Bible and strengthens my spiritual life. I am thankful to God for this opportunity and looking forward to hearing more from this program. 
So if you've just listened to the last couple of minutes and these stories, I think you understand why Steve and I and our whole team at Through the Bible are so excited. Yeah, it is incredible, the opportunity (laughs) that's before us. Greg, let me pray for us as we begin our study in Proverbs 12. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for these brothers and sisters and those who do not yet name the name of Jesus Christ having an opportunity to listen to your word in these small groups. We pray for your protection and for your blessing on these groups as they continue to spread around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee on Proverbs chapter 12. Now we continue on in the book of Proverbs, and we are here at chapter 12 at verse 22 is where we're going to put in today. We left off at this point. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. And what he's saying here is tell the truth. A child of God, there's one thing that should characterize his life. And that is that he tell the truth. Then we move on into this chapter. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Now, a prudent man will not say things that are going to hurt someone. We've probably been in a crowd when there's been some foolish person there, big mouth person generally, that says in that crowd something that casts a reflection on some individual, and always, of course, someone that's not present. And that's the thing that he's talking about here. A prudent man would not say that, but that is the heart of a fool that will say things like that. Then we read verse 24, The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Now, actually, some of these proverbs don't seem to fit in our contemporary culture. And, very frankly, I don't think they do. For the very simple reason, it's not always the diligent that's elected to office. And the slothful are the ones that pay taxes. I'm not sure it's that way today. I don't want to come in under the category of being lazy, but I do have to pay taxes. And Very frankly, I feel like that they're excessive and extreme, and I think something should be done about the way that money is being spent. But I've gone over these Proverbs again, actually in prayer. I have asked God for light on this, and I must confess an ignorance, but I believe that these Proverbs are to all be considered in the light of eternity that the measuring stick for Proverbs is eternity. And it doesn't mean the local situation. It means in the light of eternity. And aren't we told today that someday that we are going to rule with Christ? And I think that that also means, provided we're diligent today, I do not believe that every believer in heaven is going to be on the same plane. I think there'll be different gradations. I personally would be very embarrassed if I found myself on the same plane of the apostles and sitting next to Paul the apostle. I'd be greatly actually humiliated because I don't think I belong there. And I think there'll be different planes. But I do think the diligent are to rule with him. And many of these proverbs 
are to be looked at, I believe, in the light of eternity. That would be my explanation of many of these that are here. And so many of them, though, are geared right down to shoe leather today. Now, will you notice verse 25? Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. In other words, how forcible are right words. You remember Job said to his friends, right words bring comfort and cheer and encouragement to those that are grieving or bitterness of spirit or having a problem. And we need to recognize that you don't beat a person down that is having trouble at all. And then verse 26, the righteous searcheth out his neighbor, but the way of the lawless seduceth them. In other words, the righteous man wants to help his neighbor. But there are some neighbors that are going to try to hurt you, and we need to be very careful. The righteous man, if he finds you're wrong, he's going to come and talk to you about it and face you with it. Nathan was the best friend David ever had, and yet it was Nathan who had the courage to point his finger and said, you're the man, something you've got to straighten out in your life. Well, how wonderful that is to recognize that we've got a good friend, one of the best friends I ever had, a man who helped me through school. And when I first started in the ministry, the Lord was gracious to me, let me be pastor of a church. It had been my home church where people loved me, and they were very sympathetic with me because I was pretty much of an amateur to be pastor of such a large and prominent church in that day. But they were very good to me, and I never shall forget I heard a man speak at Winona Lake, and to me, he was great. And I tried to imitate him. I even tried to imitate his accent. And my church discovered that. They'd just sit there and smile. But very few said anything about it at all. And I had received no harsh criticism. This man who'd helped me through school, he invited me to lunch. He said to me just one thing, and I never shall forget it. It was a good proverb. He said, Vernon, we would rather have a genuine Vernon McGee than an imitation anybody else. That's all he said. And friends, that's all he needed to say. Then from then on, I began being Vernon McGee. Now, that may not have been good, but it was better than trying to imitate somebody else. How forcible are right words. And the righteous, he searcheth out his neighbor. He helps his neighbor. But the lawless, he'll seduce him. He goes over and pats him on the back. And then when his back is turned, he crucifies him. My how, these Proverbs gear right down into your neighborhood, right down into your church, right down where you work today. Now, verse 27, and some of them are rather humorous. This one is, The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting. In other words, he went out and shot a deer, but... He was too lazy to skin the deer and cut up the meat, cook it and eat it. You've got to be lazy to be like that as a hunter. And there's many a fisherman that'll fish and won't clean the fish. But the substance, we're told, of a diligent man is precious. In other words, he takes care of that. And you remember Ruth, when she went out and gleaned in the field, boys had been generous to her. But, you know, when she got home, we're told she beat out that which she had gleaned. I tell you, she was willing to take that which she had gotten in such an easy way, but she wanted to beat it out and make the grain. You know what she could have done? She could have come and thrown it down in front 
of Naomi and said, look, look what I done. I got it. Now you beat it out. But she didn't do that. What a spirit is revealed here in this type of a lie. Won't hurt you to wash the dishes every now and then. I've learned since I've retired, I belong to a club known as the Honeydew Club. And I'm at home more now, and it's honeydew this and honeydew that. And I found out something that I quit doing a long time ago as a boy. used to tell my mother, when I grow up, I'm never going to wash dishes again. Well, I must be in my second childhood because I'm washing them again. But it won't hurt you to do that, by the way. Verse 28, in the way of righteousness, there is life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. What a wonderful vista opens to the child of God. Now, physical death is ahead of us if the Lord tarry, But eternal life is out yonder. Proverbs are to be looked at in the light of eternity. And that ought to give you a good day with that before your Christian friend. Now, in chapter 13, well, we're still in this section of learning some of the great principles of life. And they're all given to us here. A wise son heareth his father's instruction. Though Solomon was not David's favorite son, Solomon at least listened to him. And he's an example of a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. And this man Rehoboam, his son, would not listen. Boy, Rehoboam is really an example for us of the dark side or the negative side here in many of these Proverbs. But there are others that we could find. Verse 2, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. There is a type of talking today that is gossip. It's foolish talking as we've seen before, it borders on the borderline of being risque, of telling things that have a double meaning, this double entendre jokes that even get into Christian circles today. And they begin especially to get on this matter of sex. And I've noticed that many of these folk take courses on sex. My, they've had courses in it. And yet, every now and then you hear of a home being broken up, a husband running away with another woman, and all that sort of thing. That's all the result of this type of borderline living. And that's the thing that we're being warned about here, and the young man is told to beware of it. Now we're told here, "...the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat." Well, you remember Paul put it right on the line for the Thessalonians... There were some pious souls over there say, we're looking for the Lord to come, and they quit work. And Paul says, if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. Let's not feed him. You're to work. And if you really believe the Lord's coming, it will make you a worker. Now he says, a righteous man hateth lying, but a lawless man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Righteousness keepeth him that is perfect in the way, but lawlessness overthroweth the sinner. And this is truth in the inward parts. That is the background of practical righteousness. And that which is false, God hates it and cannot tolerate it. The child of God should recognize and deal with anything in his life. And this old nature of ours is inclined to lie. It just comes naturally for us to lie. But God says he hates it. 
and he will have to deal with that type of thing. Now, verse 7, there is that feigneth himself rich, yet hath nothing. And there is that feigneth himself poor, yet hath great riches. You know, here again is an example of this old nature that you and I have. If you're poor, you want to put on a front, keep up with the Joneses, and you pretend that you have something. That's the reason that some people today drive a Cadillac automobile. They want to impress folk, and they really can't afford it. They live in a neighborhood that they ought not to be living in. But on the other side, there are people that are wealthy today that always talking about how poor they are, and yet they are people of tremendous wealth. I used to have a man, a member of my church. He was a very wealthy man. He probably gave less than anyone else. Always talking about how high prices were and how much this cost him and all that sort of thing. And he'd be broke if things didn't get better, that type of thing. Both of these things are an abomination to God because it's hypocritical. It's putting up a front that we don't need to put up. We don't need to try to keep up with the Joneses And then we ought not to act like we don't know the Joneses. We still ought to make them our neighbors. And we ought to be just what we are. And now will you notice, verse 8, "...the ransom of man's life for his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke." And I must confess, I don't know what that proverb means, and I've tried to dig it out, but I cannot. Maybe you can enlighten me. Now, maybe the person that thinks I'm so ignorant may be able to help me at this point. Now, verse 9, the light of the righteous rejoiceth, but the lamp of the lawless shall be put out. If you read the history of the kings of Israel, we've already been over that in this first time through in our five-year program of going through the Bible. I called attention to it. There is one line after another that become kings in the northern kingdom, and then they're cut off suddenly and cut off in a violent manner by murder. That's what God says. The lamp of the lawless, it'll be put out. And how that happens again and again in this world today. The end of Hitler was not pretty. And by the way, the end of Stalin evidently was not. Apparently the doctors had a lot to do with ushering him into eternity. Verse 10, "...only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom." When you find contention in a group, a neighborhood, or in a church, or in a church group, the basis of it is pride, always that. And as someone has said, takes two to make a quarrel, always. Then we have verse 11, "...wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase." Now, we've found today again that these Proverbs, here's one that you've got to look at this in the light of eternity. That's the yardstick you have to put down on this because many men apparently knew they had very foolish offspring, rich men's sons, and so they've established a trust fund or they put certain legal chains around their estate that the offspring can't get to it, but they can live off of the income. And today there are many rich men that never made a dime in their lives to tell the truth. They wouldn't know how to work for a living at all. And yet they are heirs to a tremendous fortune. They just can't lay their hand on it. If they did, they'd spend it all. And we see that 
this proverb actually would not work in that situation at all. It needs to be looked at in the light of eternity. What are true riches? What really is wealth? Is it those stocks and bonds? Well, the individual is going to lose them someday because death took them away from the original owner. Nobody came in and stole them, but he stole away. He went off and left them. And that's going to happen to those that have it today. And then we have here, whoso, verse 13, despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understandeth giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. And again, you have all the way through this acknowledgement of God that he hates pride. He hates the lawless. He hates the hypocrite. He has no use for this type of thing that is in human nature. And that's the reason that old nature that you have and I have. God doesn't want anything that Vernon McGee does in the old nature. It's only what he can do through the new nature that God will accept today. And there's one thing for sure. He's not going to take Vernon McGee's old nature to heaven. And I'll be glad to get rid of it. All of these things that are inherent in all of us. And God makes it very clear. He says in Isaiah 66, 2, "...to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word." And that's the way that you're going to have to come to God if you're going to be accepted of him. You can't come in pride. And then as you drop down into this chapter here, and I just want to lift out now a verse or two. Verse 12, "...hope deferred." maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. Hope deferred. You just keep hoping something that doesn't come to pass. And that's the reason that we ought to be in step with the will of God in our lives, because we hope for a great many things that are not realized at all. Now, verse 15, "...good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard." (laughs) Always true. Always true. You can't escape that one. Verse 17, A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is help. The thing today that's been very sad in our government is that we've had men that have had access to government secrets, to that which is top drawer as far as the policy of this country is concerned. And then the man is a homosexual, and the enemy finds that out, and he gets to him. Or the man has a weakness for alcohol. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. And we need men of high integrity in our government today. It is important whether the man drinks or not. I think it's tragic that there's so many men high up in government that use alcohol. I think that is part of our problem as a nation. And we need to recognize that these basic proverbs seem so simple, are so important to our life as an individual and our life as a nation. Now, verse 22, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Verse 24, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, But he that loveth him, chasten him betimes. And by the way, this is 
real child psychology. But for the child of God, he's told the same thing. The children are told to obey their parents, but the father is told, provoke not your children to wrath. That is, don't whip them or discipline them when you are angry or you're talking in a loud voice. Wait till you can calmly sit down with them and talk to them at a time like that. I think that's very important. That is the reason in my life that my father's discipline was so good. He never dealt with me until maybe a day had gone by. And I thought several times I got by with it, but it didn't. Then that time came, and he very calmly dealt with me. And I knew he was not doing what he did because he's angry. We need to recognize that. But discipline is very important. So until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. For more great teaching in Proverbs, you can join me for Dr. McGee's Sunday sermon, Endorsing a Bad Note. You can listen online or on our app, or you can always call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE to discover other great options. I'm Steve Schwetz, and as always, I'll meet you back here next time as we make our way through the Bible. Today's study with Dr. J. Vernon McGee is brought to you by Through the Bible, and it's made possible by the generous prayer and financial investments from listeners like you on the Bible bus all around the world.